Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the BTC podcast. This week it's the good, the bad and the ugly. We're not talking about your hosts, we're looking at liveries over the years. Hello and welcome to another lockdown podcast, although lockdown restrictions are gradually getting eased over here in the UK. Um, And we're going to take you through some liveries this week. Uh, We're looking at the good liveries, we're looking at the bad liveries, and uh, some notable others, shall we say. Um, But we've come up with a list, uh, five good, five bad, Uh, we'll take you through them, and at the end, or throughout, drop us a comment, tell us what your favourite liveries are, and uh, remind us of some that we might have missed. Uh, So we're taking into consideration liveries that we've personally seen. Um, I think in nearly all respects, apart from maybe one. Um, so the era we're going from early 2000s all the way up to modern day, we've left out the new season liveries uh, because we haven't seen them physically on track yet. Um, and I think it would be unfair to to make comment on them until we do. Absolutely. Uh, we've also tried to not go down the route of the classic or 90s period because a lot of them look dated now. We weren't there behind uh, at the time. They may have looked fantastic. It's difficult to judge on those that we haven't seen perfectly uh, because even the ones we are discussing, some are some 10, 15 years ago, but we were there and we remember how they made us feel at the time. Whereas looking back at the uh, the green BMW that Tim Hardy and his uh, championship Whilst I think it's a horrible livery at the time, it might very well have been very different. So we're going to stick to what we know on this one. Yeah, um, I think we should. We'll start off with a bad one. We'll start off with the earliest one that we uh, we have on our list, and that is from all the way back in two thousand and one. Uh, now we know the Vauxhall Astra Coupe very well. It was a very quick car at the time and was up there top in the championship. Uh, however, the Egg Sport sponsored. Vauxhall Astra in that turquoise bl- turquoise bluey green along with the dark blue with it in 2001 was for me fairly atrocious yeah it was an odd one because I quite like the maroon and blue I quite like that sort of sash across I quite like the the bold two colour a lot of the time we see cars try and fade colours in and to varying degrees of success. I quite like the just the complete slash. This is where one colour ends, this is where the next colour starts. Quite like that. But you're right, the mixture of colours on that particular one is sort of a turquoisey bluey green mixing of another sort of bluey purple. It was like a murky lake, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um as you say they had had the other um, cars in that maroon and blue, but also they had the Vauxhall Works teams in that white and red, which I thought was much cleaner and uh, much better looking. Um, but that blue and green Vauxhall Export Astra was driven by James Thompson, first of yep. all, uh, and Phil Bennett, and also uh, one race by Andy Prio in that season. Um, so some decent drivers have driven it, however, it didn't for me particularly look that good on track. No, I don't think the sponsors helped either. It was quite a bold, blocky um, uh, sponsored decal in Egg. Um, it's not the most exciting of logos to look at, I think oh, it's fair to say. Exciting. And having it, uh, having it splattered across the oh, side dear. of the car, uh, you know, it, it didn't crack me up in any of the right ways. Have you finished with the egg puns? I'll let pack it in. Oh dear. 
so yeah, that's first on our list for bad liveries. Um, even now, it looks dated, and I think at the time it looked quite dated as well. Um, yeah. I, I personally much prefer a bold, a much bolder livery. As I say, you know, it was compounded with the fact that, in my opinion, they got it right on the other car. Yeah. You know, whilst it's not going to win any awards, it's not on our best list. It, the the maroon and blue wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. Uh, moving on to the good side of the touring cars now. Um, for me, one of the most iconic uh, in our era, certainly, is the Halfords Racing Honda Integra in that yeah. orange and black. And it's, yeah, it's an awesome looking car. Yeah, so obviously Dynamics have raced predominantly orange and black liveries um, throughout their period in the touring cars. I think this is the best example of the orange and black livery. It just suited the sleekness of the car. It looked aggressive. It was comfortably the best livery on the grid in 2005 and 2006, in my opinion. Um, the car did suit itself to liveries because I also thought that uh, the John Guest uh, livery looked good. Quite busy, but actually looked really good on the shape of the car. And yeah. Dave Pinkney's black and pink worked quite well on it as well. Yeah. But it is the Dynamics uh, livery that, that takes the crown. It just looked fantastic. Yeah, of course, it's Matt Neal's title-winning car. Um, and the same car that Dan Eves won all three races in uh, at Thruxton, I believe. Yeah. Um, Gareth Howe also drove the car at the end of the, I think, 2004 season, um, just because Halfords were looking for those extra constructor points right at the end to try and pull them through. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a classic car. Um, I think it's synonymous with the series. Um, and will probably go down in history as one of the best cars that's been in the series. It wouldn't look out of place on the grid now, which can only be a no. to a car from some 14 odd years ago. Uh, it wouldn't look out of place now. No, and I think I think they got the level of sort of like orange to black ratio right. In more recent cars, they've got that completely wrong, and they've had too much black or too much orange, and it just didn't quite balance up on the Civic that they used. No, I think I think the Civics were hampered by shape issues as well. Yeah. Uh, trying to get the lines black or orange to, to work. So I think this is the best attempt at having it. And I like the fact it's dropping the orange as well. That's nice. Well, moving on back to the bad side. Um, this is uh, my choice, really. Yeah, uh, I'm, I, I'm I, You're, you're going to disagree on this one. Uh, it's the MG6 uh, Tesco Momentum Fuels which was the multi-coloured mosh pit of colours uh, from 2012, driven by Jason Plato and Andy Neat, of course, coming back into the championship this year. Um, but for me, that car was a hectic mess of a colour palette that had just been vomited up onto a vehicle. Now, I'm going to disagree <laughs> slightly. I quite liked the mad mosh of colours um, because it looked more like a NASCAR car which I quite enjoyed uh, it was something completely different uh, I do wonder if it would later go on to inspire a car that didn't quite make our list, the 2014 WSR uh, BMW which used a similar colour palette, albeit a little bit better yep. uh, I, will, I will concede that it looked a little bit rushed it looked a little bit cheap, it looked a little bit nasty in but equally, I quite like the madness of it. It was wacky. I, I don't think all the sponsors on all the sponsors on there seem to 
seem to want their own sponsor colour on there. And I don't think all the sponsors work together. Obviously, with Momentum Fuels being the main one, but there are other on there as well. And then other sponsors got added midway through the season and were, like, squeezed in. And it just didn't work for me. That's fair. I I still quite like it because it was wacky. It was like a glam rock album cover on the grid. (laughs) Um, So I think it has been done better. I think you can get a splash of colouring like that, like the BMW did later on. with the sort of red, blue, yellows and greens. I I still quite liked it, but I can understand why, and if you look online, it's in a lot of people's lists of bad deliveries. Yeah. I quite like the wackiness and quite like it. It's so completely different. And also, but, why would you want a British touring car to look like a NASCAR? They just go around in circles. It's different. It's different. I quite like the fact it's different, particularly because I think you have to remember pulling up to that season there are a lot of quite generic quite safe liveries on the grid it's, the era around there isn't the greatest for fantastic standout liveries I was going to say I have to admit we went through an era where there are a lot of white based cars with yeah. specks of colour yeah and, it was sort of that era yeah. and I quite like the way this is so different for that era that it, it did break the mould and brought back the black and we now see a lot of cars go the other way and be predominantly black with um, you know flecks of colour here and there yep um, but I'd say I, I like the fact it's completely different, but I also I will completely concede it's not everybody's kind of thing. Well, that car came in 2012, as I said. Um, on the good side of it, though, another Jason Plato car, the year earlier for me, uh, was the RML Silverline Chevrolet Cruze in 2011. The blue and white. I thought it was a clean-looking car. It, also, on the Lissetti in 2009... It looked clean as well. Um, I think it was. It wasn't too hectic. I think the silver line spanner down the side, just underneath the line of the window, worked really well. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like the shape of that car as well. I mean, for me, I'd probably be inclined to swap those two around. I'd rather have Plato's uh, MG, the good side. I probably the cruise the bad side. It's just a bit dull for me. Sorry. I'm quite a fan of blue cars, you see. It's a nice blue, and actually, I have to say, when I when you first bought it, I confused myself and thought you were talking about the Lissetti. But I have now actually come and gone to Google and looked at the cruise. Yes, it's much better than the Lissetti's colour palette. I will concede that. Yeah. Also, the the Lissetti was much boxier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the cruise, I the think, cruise's think, lines worked better. Yeah, looking at it now, I re- reaffirm myself with it. I will concede it's better than I remember it being. I just, I don't know. I, I'm not a massive fan of one sponsor cars. Something with one big spanner down the side. I mean, you know, there's enough spanners in the series as there is. Yeah, let alone having one down the side of the car. I was going to say we had one in it that year with uh, Jason Plato, and the other driver was Alex McDowell. Yes, uh, that'd be a pointless quiz question. Yeah, it would. That's a blast from the past. Right. Um, uh, I'd say it's quite a sleek, it's quite a clean, it's quite a safe livery. Um, for me, it's not in my. It would have been made my top five, but I can see why it's in there. It's 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 sleek. Yeah. Okay then, moving on to another bad one. Um, we're going back a few years with this one now. Uh, still an MG, um, but it's the RAC MGZS. Yeah. In that so, famous orange and white that we all know RAC to be branded by. Um, 
of course driven by Colin Turkington and Rob Collard famously uh, yeah go on it's all yours yeah this is one of mine uh, it's fair to say 2006 wasn't the greatest year for Liverpool there's three standouts and the rest are kind of all in the pot of there yeah. this made a very boxy car look even more boxy um, it made it look like it had been made out of paper and wood it was kind of all angled no 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 line movements no curved line movements do you know what the worst part of it for me was so where the number was placed on the door it was placed like halfway across that window ledge that was unexplainable as to what they had halfway down the door and certain angles would mean you couldn't read the number properly yes yes it's like what's the point in that I mean, yeah, MG's had a bit of a bashing over the years in touring cars, but I think it's prudent to point out that in some periods, the MGs have been very good cars. Oh, yes. I I really like the black and green MG. Yes. From a couple of seasons before that. Previous to this. Yeah. I just don't think that this uh, livery makes that MG look at all nice. It wasn't a particularly sexy car in the first place. You're right that the Turkington um, black and green Cartwell one did work better. I I think the black hid the sort of like shells and the boxiness and it just yeah, all merged right. into a straighter car yeah I think you're right whereas you know it, it wasn't the sleekest most aerodynamic car on the grid it wasn't sort of in the say at Integra or the park but they really made it a hell of a lot worse with that paint job particularly as at that point Hughes was still racing a black and green version which looked by far a lot better yes much better um, however, on the flip side to that, that RAC livery isn't a bad livery. It just depends what car it's on. Mm-hmm. And our third one on the good side is the BMW 3 Series from the following three seasons. Um, I think that that car was well-rounded in design and to look at. And it was it was driven well. So we had slight variations of livery. So there was the year they were white and orange, the yep. year they were black and orange. Both worked well. The only one I didn't enjoy was when they were sort of white some block down the side of the car. Yeah, that jelly drove. Wasn't great. Yeah, we've we've had Turkington Collar Jelly and Anthony Reed drive this yes. this version. Um but yeah, Jelly Jelly's one didn't look great. No, that was the only slight problem with it and only slight negative to that car because I agree with you I think that the livery both I prefer the orange and black personally yeah I, the orange and white also works perfectly well um, it suited the car I just didn't understand the white the solid white lump down the side of no. uh, Jenny's car um, but as I say if you take the three years they ran as a whole uh, it was a very very good livery on the whole uh, and made the most out of the BMW which was becoming a popular car at the time mm, it certainly was Yes. Um, moving back to the bad side now, shall we? Yep. Uh, unfortunately, it's another MG. <laughs> and it is oh, in yes. fact the same MG6 shape that was run in 2012 that had been passed down through the different avenues that it went through. Um, and was the 2015, well, second half let's be specific, second half of 2015 race car for Pertec Racing now midway through the season up till then they'd run their classic black 
uh, sorry, blue, yellow, and red livery that we all expect from the Pertec team. Uh, however, they just signed a new deal midway through the season, coming out of the mid-season break. And going into Snetterton, they turned up with a completely new livery for the rest of the season that was... Uh, I can only explain it as mirror silver. Yep. And with black sponsors. Yeah. And... Uh, no, I, I don't get it. So... Personally. I think this- I think there's two points to uh, bring up here. One, you don't like the MG at all, do you? Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't recall a very good-looking livery on the MG. Which I disagree with, by the way. I think there's two. I think it's actually, I think it's three actually. Three. three. Wow. So Plato, not that blackened year we discussed earlier. The year before, where he ran, I think it was white and blue with the. Uh, the ninety-nine P's. Yeah. yeah, I quite like that one. That was quite nice. You wouldn't have known it was an MG unless you got close to it, in my opinion. I think it looked more more like a generic uh, German-style car, personally, that year. I also quite like the year of Goff, where he ran it with blue and orange trim. I accept that was quite busy with the sponsorship. I know you don't like a busy so, car. So hectic with sponsors. And they, some of them just they didn't integrate well together. There were lots of big blue spaces where... It was sort of like almost waiting for another sponsor. I've just thought of another MG style I liked as well. It's actually four. Oh, God. There was the Cook and um, Sutton. Oh, red the red and white. white. They were nice. That was quite... It was nice. It was simple. It was a simple design. It looked a bit cheap, I'll grant you. It but did it was look a simple cheap. design. Also, um, also, I thought the red was possibly just too dark. I mean, that's a... getting quite niche and no. quite... Nicotine, to be fair, I understand that, but... but it was it was almost like a dark cherry red. Yeah, I quite liked. I quite liked. There's a tinge of the green there as well. It had a sport, sort of like a castrol feel to it. I quite liked. Um, and of course, the last one I liked is um, from 2018, which was the AMD tuning style one, which was the uh, blue one side, orange other side, which I think works better on the Civic. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. I did quite. I did quite like it on the MG as well. Okay. But yeah, anyway, you don't like the MG, but I will. I will concede that this was an absolutely horrendous livery. Yeah, it uh, was. that's my second point. Pertec have um, a history of either doing a very good livery or a very bad livery. They do. There's two of the very bad ones that, in my opinion, could have made the list. One was uh, the blue, which was the metallic blue. See, I didn't mind the metallic, the shiny metallic blue. Oh, I didn't mind that shiny. too much. No, it gave you a headache on a sunny day. <laughs> um, and the other one I didn't like was the 2018 Pertec BMW. They had a lovely colour-based blue. It was like a beautiful matte dark blue. And then for reasons best known to themselves, they plastered it with yellow boxes. Yes, which they did. didn't suit the blue at all. It, the yellow boxes could have worked if the colour was slightly different. Yeah, you, the, there was too much extra colour to offset the blue. Yeah, it needed more up, blue in it. You end up just looking at the yellow, and you would have missed the blue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was awful. But I will, I will concede that if we're going to talk worst perfect livery, yeah, that's that silver one, metallic silver, sunny with black spots. You couldn't even see if it was sunny. It was pretty poor. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure why they even thought that was a good idea or the particular reasoning behind it. I understand you signed a new deal. Wonderful. Just keep it as is. Well. I'm not against one-off liveries 
heard to say I quite like Ash Sutton's black and uh, white one for Snetterton. I thought that was for the Super yeah. Bowl. That was quite nice. I also quite liked, although it's appeared on quite a few hated lists, uh, Tordos pink one. That's what. That's one I was going to say. I liked that pink it's one. The, it's the billow pink one. Because it it just stood out. Yeah, yeah. But I think on this one it, it stood out for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And yeah, it was just it looked cheap. It looked bling bling. It just didn't look right at all. It looked yeah no not for me not for me. Uh, well, moving back to the good side now. Um, we're getting on to another shiny metallic car, uh, the Laser Tools uh, Mercedes A-Class. For me, the 2015 version, uh, which was that shiny blue, but also had quite a bit of black in it and not too much white. Uh, obviously driven by Adam Moffitt, part of the Laser Tools team for the last what, six, seven seasons now. Um, obviously moved this, moved halfway through last season into the Infinity. Decent livery on that as well. Laser tools, for me, seem to produce nice liveries most of the time. Um, I was about to say, I can't recall too many bad ones. Yeah. Um, my, I agree with you on the Mercedes. My personal preference is the 2016 version, which was predominantly black, uh, but it wasn't shiny blue. It was sort of a, a palely blue uh, matte finish with yeah. some little white bits on the side and white tyres, uh, sorry, white wheels. <laughs> There's not enough colour wheels in the touring car, Sam. No. No, there there have been some random coloured wheels. There have been, obviously, we're used to having sort of like the, the yellow ones on the Pertec vehicles. We've had yeah. green ones. I'm yeah. pretty sure Dave Pinkney used to run with pink wheels all the time. Adam Morgan used to have orange on the Junetta Toyota. Oh, um... Yes, he did. Yeah, at the Morgan on the Gillette sponsored Toyota Avensis. Do they do they still run the red wheels on the Mercedes from last last season's Mercedes A class? I don't. Think the Mac so, tools. I don't think they are, but I can also remember. Oh goodness, uh, Tom Ingram running red wheels on one of his Avensis. Oh uh, yeah, models. yeah, he did. Um, but generally speaking, there's not enough coloured wheels in the touring cars and I like the fact that Moffat went white and it really did supercar overall um, they have done one bad livery I have to point out is that the white mainly one. white one it is the mainly white one yeah. it's, it's just a bit it's, it's a step away from what they're what they're used to um, yeah underwhelming yes very much so but yeah the black black and uh, blue in any form is fantastic I prefer say the one with red stripe down the side and it's more matte than it is metallic but I've got no problem with metallic one either okay then moving back to our our final bad one um, all the way back in 2008 um, now previous couple of seasons Sayat Leon been an influential oh, an influential car in the championship um, started off with a fantastic silver and yellow livery in that Sayat Sport UK um, moved on to a slightly more questionable TDI Sayat livery with the green down the side of it, which I know you're not yeah. keen on. That could have made the list in its own right, honestly. Yeah. It had, had this next one not come along, which I hate even more, <laughs> that could have made the list in its own right. Um, but in the 2008 season, it was passed on to an independent in the name of Adam Jones, who ran an air cooled sponsored Sayat Leon that had blue, grey, black, and red predominantly across it although I think you could have pro probably found a type of every colour on there and 
it there was personally I don't know what the bonnet was up to. There were like these blue bubbles on the bonnet, which didn't make sense to me. I think that's part of the sponsor from the air cool bit. That's not the bit that wrangles me. The bit that wrangles me is that I got I get tired looking. It's so dull. It's so boring. It is literally banker going to work wanting to discuss centiles with you. I can only imagine that they were trying to do a, a, a retro feel uh, because they're if you look harder, there is kind of like a Audi Quattro A4 feel to it in the black the grey and the red. And I am stretching a little bit here. But I was going to say, they, that Audi A4 from Touring Cars was an excellent liveried car. Yes, but, but the same basic ingredients are there. Yeah. But in the same way, the same, same basic ingredients can be there for a cake and for salmonella. So <laughs> they may come from the same ingredients, but I, I don't think that this one was right at all. It really was, in my opinion, just, it didn't work. Just a bit dull, a bit uninteresting, uninspiring. Can, can I put something forward? Do we think that the majority of the time, the slower, possibly independent cars, their paintworks aren't quite as good normally? I would be inclined to disagree slightly, because I think to the Krabby's more focus, which I quite enjoyed. Oh, um, really? The green, it's quite cool. Uh, the Moffat argument we've just had before, Adam yeah. Morgan was putting some fantastic liveries together. Actually, now I think about it, his his uh, yellow and black Mercedes could have made the list quite easy on that yes. side. I think you also tend to see the quote worst liveries on smaller drivers, probably because they don't have the same level of support from the manufacturer. So BMW will have a say, I would imagine, in oh, yeah. how the BMW car looks. <laughs> Excuse me, and give some resource to that. Whereas I think perhaps you have a little bit too much freedom do what you want at the yeah. of the, of the uh, sport. That said, Nick Hamilton's put together some pretty decent liveries in the past. Yes, yes. Um, um, I know that this season, this season is, is a favourite, but I think that is predominantly pushed by his sponsor. Yeah, I remember he's had a monster one, didn't he? A black yeah. and green monster car. That was quite nice. Yeah, that um, was the Audi uh, S3, I believe. But equally, I suppose it's fair to say that when Ingram was starting out, his car was a little bit of an artist palette and it was very very colourful uh, mm. he's moved to a much nicer style now um, I think part of it as well is that when you're further down the grid you need more sponsors and yeah. you've got to try to keep more people happy and get more colours on the car yes definitely um, well moving on to our final uh, good side we are coming up to almost modern day now uh, we're going only back to 2018 and the car, Honda Civic, as most people were running that season. Um, but more specifically, the Wix Racing yellow and black one, driven by Jack Goff and Brett Smith. Now this is your choice. Yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. This is my favourite on the uh, list. It's the first car I thought of when I came to their liveries. There's something quite special about a simple livery that strikes well. We discussed this slightly with the dynamics one earlier. This was effectively black with yellow trim, and it looked like an angry hornet. I was going to say, like it's a bumblebee, too. wasn't it? <laughs> it sounds like one too, because the engines you know, sort of crackle and buzz. Yeah. It was just such a fantastic car. The, the sponsors worked well because they're the same colours. Um, yep. So they worked, they worked fantastic well. The wicks built down the side. The uh, ICD, I think it was Globe, towards the back of the car. That blended really nicely. It was big sponsor uh, decal, but it actually fitted the car really nicely at a nice angle. It was a good demonstration of how you can angle 
a sponsor of those to fit the car as well. But I just think that whilst it was quite simple, that black and yellow was so striking and it really did stand out on the green. I think something that makes that car stand out more specifically is that we've said before the Civic has struggled to accept a lot of different liveries and that is one that has really suited it well. Yes. Um, I, remember, I remember specifically one that probably splits opinion is Tony Gillum's old pink, green and black one. Now some people may think that's an amazing looking car. Personally I don't. Because um, it was very bold. Um, but as we've already said, some cars stand out for good, some cars stand out for bad. I have to say, I think that that Wix Honda is the best livery to be on a Honda Civic, I have to say. Yeah. I, 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 a close second was the Burgundy one from the year before, the Eurotech from the year before. I quite like that one. You that like, you're a fan well. of Burgundy, aren't you? Well, I just thought that was quite, again, different. I like different. Yeah. I, I, what I don't like is that you can put a lot of cars together, not so much this year, but there was a period where you could put a lot of the cars together, there wasn't much difference between them. It was a black Civic, it was a white Civic, it was, yeah. you know the colours weren't there whereas on this one the co- again the colours aren't there but it's that yellow piping that is just so effective yeah very much so um, there were a few other notable mentions that we wanted to just keep you aware of um, for me most notably is the black BMR uh, Volkswagen Passat CC now this is when uh, I believe when Colin Turkinson came back into the championship they bought in Jason Plato there as well, and at the start of the season they ran almost a completely black car, including like shiny black sponsors that were. They had a question mark on the side as well, didn't they, for a period? Yeah, and some some of the sponsors were really difficult to pick out, but unfortunately that only lasted for half season. That was in 2015, and then they obviously got the RCIB insurance um, to join them, which I think yeah. didn't didn't improve it. <laughs> no. Um, I think that, that was missed up the list because of it was just too simple. I.e. Yeah. it was just a black car with an auto express on the side. It was it was quite sleek, it wasn't a touring car. We, we know that touring cars have to have some form of livery, some form of advertisement, even if that's just the uh, having VW passing down the side. It was just just too plain, I think. Uh, the only other car I've got on the best side of things that missed the top 10 uh, was previously briefly mentioned uh, was the WSR eBay Motors 1 series which was a, a good example of how you can get a lot of fun yeah I think the sponsor very much helped it out there because obviously we know eBay having those different coloured letters for their brand um, worked really well on that car and obviously having that dark base colour as well I think worked quite nicely I've also got one car to mention in the honourable mentions for the uh, worst side of things. Go on then. It's the white and red Civic Tourer, uh, which yes. Halfords ran, or Dynamics ran. Um, I think it was Dynamics Uwasa at that point. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a particularly ugly car in the first uh, place, but we've seen that ugly cars can be made more powerful of a livery. I think Subaru did that right with the Livore, personally. Yep. I think the livery really did help that car out. This made a very boxy car look even more like it was designed of a ruler, and that was it. It was awful. I, I think the fact that it was oh, it was it was a late announcement, wasn't it, that they'd be running the Civic Tourer? Yeah. And it was either the season before or the season after they rent then went 
back to the normal Civic with the same colours. Which worked. Yeah, which might work much better. But yeah, that car was just too long, wasn't it? Too long, and the livery made it look even longer. It looked like a bar was coming towards you. Again, actually, because we've seen that the, the uh, S50 Volvo, the good livery, can look fantastic. Yeah. But, yeah, that was not applicable for this one. No, it wasn't. Um... Yeah, so there there are five good, five bad, few notable mentions on the liveries, um, and we'll update you next on some touring car news. Yeah, so the news, and the biggest part uh, news this week uh, is shocks the motoring world, really. Uh, Andrew Jordan, who last season on the grid was almost in tears, thinking that, that his uh, touring car career was certainly paused, if not over, um, didn't expect to have a drive, and then suddenly managed to uh, bring a deal together with WSR. Yep. Uh, we're expecting to see him on the green in a few weeks' time, but he has pulled out of the sport for this season. Yes, an interesting announcement. Not, I don't think anyone saw it coming. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's pulled out for the reasons, basically, down to money. Um and the fact that obviously with everything that is going on in the world currently it looks like he would have needed to provide more funding himself um, and I remember one of his quotes in an interview about it said he's had to make a decision with his head rather than his heart because um, I think if he'd made the decision with his heart he'd have thrown all the money that he's got at it um, but that was at the risk of putting him in financial distress um, and I think that once we get past this I think we could probably see him back on the grid again um, yeah so one of the reasons he said was that the deal that was in place prior to uh, coronavirus was no longer in place or capable of being delivered in the same manner which yeah. uh, could be a, a whole myriad of things uh, of course all this is speculation uh, none of this is guaranteed but I think it's probably fair to assume that either some sponsorship has fallen on way from the team as a whole. Yep. Uh, the BMW's funding may have been cut slightly. Um, or some WSR's funding has been cut. Uh, and it may have been a situation where the drivers are being asked to make up some of the difference uh, or to put in some more than they were perhaps expected to have put in. I have to say I'm slightly surprised that he's the first. Uh, I was expecting lockdown and COVID to cause, particularly for those who rely on one major sponsor uh, yep. and independence. Uh, to potentially struggle, um, so I'm slightly surprised such a high, high-profile casualty has occurred at a team like BMW, where let's just say they've got more money than some of the other teams. Hmm. Would say. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a, it's a big shock, a big shame. I think also perhaps health plays a part as well. Let's not forget that Andrew is a very family man. Um, yep. I think that's very clear to see that he's built family teams with his father in the past, um, and I think that probably plays a part of it as well um, how key family is to him and not wanting to put them at risk which I think is to be commended and is a perfectly acceptable and uh, understandable uh, decision if that is the case um, it's just a bit of a shock given that the last minute deal almost to have him back on the grid and that's not going to be followed through um, but I don't think it's the end for Jordan as you say I think we'll see him back in, in, in some way shape or form once we're back on our feet a little bit I think it'll be interesting to see whether he keeps himself busy for the rest of the year with 
maybe guest drives in stuff because we all know that he's come up from Rallycross and he likes to drive historics as well with his dad um, so it'll be interesting to see if events of that elk will still continue and whether he'll do appearances in those or whether he will just completely take stock for the rest of the year and just take almost half a step back and work out what he's going to do for 2021 well, let's not forget as well that he is, I believe, still a Red Bull athlete. Yes. Um, which is always surprising why they've not sponsored, stepped up to sponsor in the touring cars. Now, I don't know if there's rules that they can or can't. I know we've had Monster in the past. Mm. Um, I'm not sure there's anything that would restrict them from coming into touring cars. Um, but they are have got rally uh, cross vehicles that they run. They've got other uh, disciplines that they run. So it won't necessarily surprise if we see, don't see Jordan competing in some of those events. Um, possibly as the, as the season develops. Yeah, I think we could quite easily see him if the calendar it sort of like goes there, see him in sort of like World Rallycross events, maybe at Silverstone or um, in parts of Europe. Absolutely, but I think I'll speak for everyone when we say we hope to see him back on the touring uh, car grid soon. Very much. Um, considering how close he was to the title last season, we can see he's still very competitive. Um, and I think he would slip back into the touring cars with ease and be right on the pace again straight away. Absolutely. Uh, the second piece of news, I'll let you deliver, as you know, more of it than I, as you're a bit more geeky when it comes to these kind of things. <laughs> uh, so, yes, the second piece of news is that Darren Turner, a uh, former touring car driver from sort of like 2008 to 2000, sorry, 2006 to 2008, obviously in the Sayat Leon, um, he will be testing the hybrid car. Now this hybrid car has been built by Speedworks Motorsport, obviously they run the Toyota Corolla that Tom Ingram uh, drives, and they have put a car together including the Cosworth hybrid package and the new engine provider, and there will be test dates at Snetterton uh, on the 7th and 8th of July um, this coming week. And yeah, he's going to put it to its to its maximum paces, really. Um, so from what I understand, the setup of the hybrid system looks like it will be more of a a button system rather than a fully integrated electric motor with the power unit. Um, very much akin to what we saw in Formula One at the start with Kurs and energy recovery systems then being able to be used at the push of a button. Now this push of a button could be to attack people down a straight or coming out of a corner or it could be used to defend from those attacks down a straight or in out of a corner and it will be interesting to see how the um, regulations will change after that testing. It will be interesting to see how many more testing days will happen one throughout the rest of this year and into next year because obviously the regulations won't be coming in until 2022 and so yeah Darren Turner previous touring car driver well-known GT racer um, a person of great experience as well um, will be giving the best feedback he can to the engine supplier and Cosworth Absolutely, I think it's. Uh, I think the curve system is a better system than DRS. Personally, I, I find DRS almost pointless to be honest with you because it effectively means that if you're in a straight line and you're in the zone, you will overtake. But yeah. You overtake it again next time round, and you quite often get 
some two in a throwing for a couple of laps. But it's not it's not exciting racing in my opinion. It's just you know here's a here's a zone you yeah. overtake and then you'll have a chance to overtake again next time. Which yeah, I, I don't think we'll ever see anything like DRS in the British Touring Cars. No. I think um, it'll be interesting to see how hybrid motors will develop uh, from 2022 onwards and whether they'll be used tactically. So I know that in some forms of racing, you might not be able to use it on the first lap or the first two laps as yeah. to keep the field nice and tight. Or there may be certain amount of times that you can use it throughout the race. Well, I think, as well, we might get zones, or each car might have a certain amount they can use per race, and it's up to them when they use it. I yeah. you know, make it much more tactical, as you say, that you have so many, I don't know what it's referred to, I'll say so many... Boosts. Uh, boost, boost, yeah, boost yeah. works well. Um, you have so many seconds of boost per race, because that's you when you use them, yeah. but once they're gone, they're... Yeah. Um, there, 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 there are different infrastructures used within Formula E, for example, in that you've got obviously fully electric cars, and then fans can give different drivers boosts, but then that becomes almost like a popularity contest and stuff. So it'd yeah. be interesting to see if they were to ever go down that sort of line, or whether they will keep it solely to a hybrid engine as such. I don't think they'll go down that line because I think the touring cars is the most uh, driver fan interactive sport I can think of. Yeah. Um, and as such, that you can guarantee that the uh, boost would be going to Michael Crease, <laughs> Jason Plato, um, and yeah, a handful of other fan favourites. Let's put yeah. track like that. There is no way that you, know, you could have, um, uh, for example, I don't know, uh, let's say. Uh, Stephen Jelly did a lap of his life. Yeah. Take four cars, fantastic. He's not going to get the boost because people are going to vote for Greece or Plato or because yeah. Jelly's not the fan, you know, the one that they all fought over. So I, I don't think we'll see that. Whereas in Formula E, that relationship's not there. A lot of the drivers are quite unknown. I know there's a few XF1 drivers in there, but yeah. generally speaking, they're not household names in the same way the touring car drivers would be. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops um, and it'll be interesting to see the results that come back from it and whether we'll be seeing quicker lap times, I would assume. Um, and it also depend on, obviously, engine setups for the internal combustion part of it. Yeah. Right, well, the last piece of news. Yes. Exciting piece. We have, we have a website on the way. Yeah, we certainly do. Uh, We've been very excited to launch with you. We will, of course, let you know that's open uh, for business uh, and ready for you to view. And there'll be, uh, hopefully, uh, one of the first things that we put on the website is a very special interview, which we're looking forward to bringing you. Yeah, um, next week's podcast that will be going up, uh, we'll be covering an interview that we did uh, via message, direct message on Instagram with Carl Bordley, uh, Team Hard Racer, obviously being switched into the BMW for this season. And we thought we'd link up with him, ask him 10 questions about him and about the sport and sort of like a bit about his background as well. Um, and yeah, next week we'll bring the results of that interview to you and hopefully once the website is up we'll have a full article for you that you can read through at your leisure. So very exciting times for us. Uh, we hope you'll join us next week. We may even not be socially, uh, well socially distant, but may not be in separate houses next week. We I may... know. 
I will be allowed to do a podcast together and not you have to listen to my awful voice crashing down a headphone cable. I'll, I'll get the tape measure out and the tape just to mark down the metre distance in the uh, recording room. Yeah, referee spray. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, that would be very good if we can get that back and get some quality back into the call just in time for our interview, of course. Yes. Yeah, it'll be excellent. Uh, we hope that you have enjoyed the podcast. We'd love you to uh, comment, share, review, leave a like, whatever you'd like to do. Um, just get it out there to all your friends as well. And we hope that you all stay safe and well. And we'll be here again same time next week. <laughs>